point at someone and say, hey, do the cha-cha slide. And they do. Wednesday, 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 and this week we're tagging back in to tackle the wily wonder that is the wizard class. I'm your host, Fanatic Faith, and with me is my co-host, Lunatic Lewis. Yo! Well, let's get this fireball rolling. Uh... There we go. Perfect. Nine Dubrock's flaming sphere! <laughs> so, do you have any experience of wizards? Uh, the only experience with wizards that I have is tangentially through Order of the Stick. So, Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good tangential <laughs> experience to have. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, it's funny because when you talked about making a pact with the devil in order to cast certain spells, like that was immediately where my mind went to. I'm like, oh, just like Varsuvius. Yeah, a Diabloist is a practitioner of devil magic. Much like a demonologist is one who practices demon magic. And I quite like the idea of doing a Diabloist as a wizard as well. The guy who's willing to kick over stones that you shouldn't kick over, ask questions that shouldn't be asked, and make deals with people you shouldn't be making deals with for power. And with the hierarchy of how hell works, and the devils within hell, I think it's absolutely feasible that a wizard can, over time, definitely not a low-level thing, over time make agreements with demons and devils specifically devils demons are kind of a crazy bag of fish and that's just one of a hundred angles you can take with this this class because there's actually so so many angles you could take because there are so many schools of magic wizards are nerds so wizards are kind of unique because they actually have well they're essentially subclasses which is special to third edition because normally it's just you do these things. So wizards and clerics have subclasses the way other classes in the core book don't because of the schools. So yeah, there's eight schools of magic um, and each one focuses in a different sort of area and region. So you've got your abjuration, conjuration, divination, enchantment, evocation, illusion, necromancy, transmutation, and universal. And what a wizard can do, which is pretty unique, is they can be a specialist in one spell school group. If you're not a specialist, then you're called a universalist, which gives no bonuses or penalties. Okay? Basic boring wizard can do anything. If you do choose to be a specialist, you get one extra spell per day, per level of spell, for that school. So if you're a conjurer, you get one extra conjuration spell per day. You also get a plus two bonus on spellcraft to learn spells of that school, because, surprise, surprise, you've spent most of your time looking at conjuration spells. But if you choose to specialize in a school, you must choose two schools to never, ever cast from. So you could be a conjurer that just is like, I suck at divination and I can't evoke for shit. With one minor exception, divination cannot be a forbidden school. Oh, really? Oh. Yep. And if you choose to be a diviner, you only have to give up one school. Huh. Which is pretty yeah, cool. that is. But yeah, so you, if you want to be a evoker, you get an extra evocation spell. You get an extra bonus to read and revise new evocation spells to add to your spell book. And you get an extra one for every level of the day. And that's really pretty cool. 
but it's it's surprisingly hard to choose spell schools that you aren't going to cast from. Yeah, I, I believe it because there are so many useful spells in every school. Yeah, and in before anyone just says, "Oh, give up necromancy." Necromancy is a good school. Oh yeah. Like it's not, it's not all about raising the dead and being a necromancer. Yeah, those necromancers it, don't think outside the box. Yeah, they they only concern about what's yes. in the box. Hello, I'm Greg the Necromancer, and today we're doing an unboxing. <laughs> So, necromancy spells do have the stereotype of being the evil spells, which is kind of fair, because they are about the manipulation of the dead, and just generally, I've always seen it as all necromancy spells are dividing the soul and body, the glue that holds both together. Like astral projection. You're basically ungluing your soul to go spy on things. Sort of, you're, you're tethered on that. But with the necromancy one, it's like driving. It's like having a sandwich with a jelly sandwich, and necromancy is just peeling the two halves apart. It's a bloody terrible analogy. <laughs> uh, but they, it's designed to make living creatures worse and dead creatures better. It's all very negative energy based. And yeah, you get your animate dead spells where you can make skeletons and zombies. And yes, Turning the entire town guard into zombies is an evil thing to do. Don't be doing that. But pretty much every culture has used the use all the parts of the animal mantra. So I'm not a necromancer. I'm just a conjurer, but I, I know some necromancy spells. We're in the back of our cart on a mountain trail. A troll jumps out of nowhere, lobs a rock at us. We've had our encounter. We've killed the troll. But the horse died because the rock cleaved in half. Right? What would you rather... Would you rather play a lawful stupid paladin and put me to death because I then turned around and went, okay, hocus pocus, the horse is okay, and it stands up as a skeleton, and then we get back? Or do you just, yeah, do you just play a lawful stupid paladin and just go, oh no, it's unnatural, I'm going to have to kill you now, and then just stand at the top of this cliff with a dead horse and a dead friend and a dead troll? And then you have to walk back? Yeah. I would rather not walk. So it's not, in that case, I'm not using the animate dead to make an evil horde of usurping or anything. I, it's, it's a mode of transport. It's a right. need. And it's a tool. It's not a great tool, but it's a thing. And one of the other schools is literally summon gun. <laughs> and one of the other schools is hocus pocus, you have no free will. But yeah, no, necromancy is the evil one, guys. Yeah, but, you know, necromancy also gives you nice things like gentle repose so that you know, you can keep your dead friend from decaying. Yeah, none of the schools are inherently evil or good. Right. There are evil and good spells abound. A lot of evil ones are in necromancy, but you can use schools from the necromancy school that aren't evil, and just by virtue of being a necromancy spell doesn't make it evil. Was it? One of them is the cantrip, I believe they have, is disrupt undead. Yeah. Most cantrips do 1d3 damage. The necromancy disrupt undead does a d6 to an undead. You're literally controlling the undead by killing it. And, you know, some of the spells are just, here's some lethargy for a bit, which is no no worse than having a transmuter cast reduced person or just any evoker casting fireball on an entire group of people. Indiscriminate yeah. carpet bombing. That's <laughs> totally not an evil thing. Oh, yeah, definitely not. So each school has its own focus and whatnot. So necromancy we've touched on a lot is manipulating and just buggering around with people's life force. 
it has a lot of reputation and it has a lot of uses. They all have a lot of uses. My personal favorite is conjuration. It's pretty neat because you bring something into the world that's real. And there's a thing in third edition called spell resistance. And a lot of the conjuration spells ignore spell resistance because it's not a spell that they're resisting. It's an actual orb of acid that I've just thrown. Whereas the fireball is magic fire. You use your spell resistance and the reflex save against the fireball. Whereas my third level conjuration spells are stinking cloud. I make a cloud that smells of sulfur. I know you, you go for that one a lot. I love, I love the cloud spells. I mean, it's, oh, that's right. Stinking cloud isn't, isn't the mustard gas spell. That's, uh, that's cloud kill. Each level has a different cloud spell. Oh, does it now? Yeah. And they're, and each one's progressively better. And I love all of them. <laughs> uh, first level during mist. It's just, it's just slightly foggy. Second level, it's a fog cloud. And I spoke to you before about fog. Fog is ridiculous. You hate fog, but at the same time, you love fog. No, I, I just love it because of how annoying <laughs> it is. The next level up is Thinking Cloud, which um, is like a fog cloud, but it makes you nauseous. Fourth level, it's a solid fog, so it works like a fog cloud, but it reduces your movement as well because it is physically very thick. I don't know if you've ever been in a fog so thick that you, you, know, you could cut it with a knife. Literally that. Fifth level, you're getting the uh, cloud kill, which is, yeah, it's, that's what it says on the tin. It's a very heavy cloud that rolls across the ground, and it just kills things with three hit dice, no save. Four to six hit dice get a save. And if you have six hit dice or more, so this is like sixth level now, you take con damage. Oh my god. As you slowly die. Uh, sixth level, it becomes acid fog. <laughs> what? This is conjuration. This is amazing stuff. Seventh level it is... Oh no, there isn't one for seventh level. But That's just... right, because at eighth level, you get incendiary cloud. But just remember, kids, necromancy is the evil school. Yay! <laughs> it's definitely not this one that has a cloud of doom for every level. Summon pyroclastic cloud. Yeah. <laughs> The conjuration has a lot of interesting things. They have the teleport spells. The teleport spells are conjuration spells. Wizards and sorcerers can't cast the healing spells, cure wounds and whatnot. But those are also conjuration spells. They're just cleric specific or paladin, but we'll get to them later. Uh, you get the summon monster spells, which if you're not being abusive, summon monster is absolutely fine. I've, I've spoken to a lot of GMs who will just ban conjurers they will ban summoners they will ban the spell specifically but you know if you if you are summoning you know 13 creatures 18 creatures whatever you're bogging down the table and you need to not do that yeah you are one quarter to one sixth of the people playing and your player group of four to six people are half the things that are going on so in theory you are between an eighth and a twelfth so we'll say a tenth you have a tenth of the table time which is to be shared out pretty evenly as much as we can if we can and if you oversaturate this by forcing 16 different initiative checks every single turn and then stats and whatnot again same with the druid have a little printout don't overcast this so much if you have yeah, you know, summon one earth elemental 
right? Have a little flashcard for an Earth Elemental. This is fine. If you're summoning 18 owls, which can't actually do very much, but get in the way, it is way less fun than and way less useful, mostly, than having just that one Earth Elemental interpose things. Yeah, not gonna lie, if I were DMing and someone pulled that stunt with me, I would just give all of those creatures one initiative slot, move them all at once for the player, because that's malarkey that I don't have time for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should all happen on your turn, but still... But at, at that point, if you're summoning that many things, you're not really being a team player, you're being a spotlight hog. Pretty much. And there's just no room for that. No, it's really not. It's a team sport. Some of the other highlights of being a conjurer are mage armor is absolutely amazing. Gives you plus four armor, and it hangs around for hours. Love it. And grease and web. One makes an area sticky, one makes an area slippy. I love them both. <laughs> So enchantment is pretty good for crowd control. This is the spell school that removes people's free will. Like the first level spells are hypnotism and charm person. So straight out of the gate there. They also have sleep, which is a very undertaken spell. At low levels, it's really good, but it's never bad. They've, they've, also, they've just got a lot of mind-affecting spells, such as Daze Monster and Touch of Idyssey. Heroism is pretty cool. That's a buff spell that gives a target plus two in attack rolls, saves, and skill checks. Which is always handy. They've got the hold person spell, which is you point at a human and say pause and they do dominate person you point to a human and say go do my taxes and they do mind fog is you make someone really tired you know when you're really tired and you just uh yeah i mean that's me pretty much all the time <laughs> well so we've got we've got the power word blind you just shout at someone and if they've got less than 200 hit points they are blind and you know at eighth level they get irresistible dance which is you point at someone and say hey do the chat chest slide and they do. <laughs> and yeah, their ninth level spell is Power Word Kill. I like Power Word Kill. Which is pretty badass. Let's see what else we got. We've got Transmutation. I do quite like it being a Transmuter Wizard as well. They manipulate forms to great effect that allow just a sheer dazzling array of weird shit to happen. So like Full Metal Alchemist level of Transmutation weirdness. Or... Or is it less than that? No, it's not quite like that. It, they just change how your body works, for, or how stuff works, generally. So you've got stuff like Haste. Haste is a transmutation spell, and that just... Speeds everyone up. The counter to that is slow, which slows everyone down. You've got Water Breathing, subjects can breathe on the water. You've got Blink, which makes you literally transfer from the material realm that we currently reside in to the ethereal realm where ghosts live back again really fast oh my god i love blink i've got a story about blink later you've got the spell that makes people fly you've got the spell that turns you into gas you've got the spell that makes swords magical you've got the spell that makes arrows into fire and this is all the level three spells at level two you've got all the animal aspect spells you can give someone bears endurance bull strength cat's grace eagle splendors fox's cunning owl's wisdom each one of these gives plus four to one of your six stats that's crazy uh, a minute per level, sorry. They also have a, a really neat spell called Rope Trick, which you cast on a rope, the rope goes straight vertically upright until it stops. Where it has stopped, it has actually entered into a pocket dimension, and as many as eight creatures can climb up this rope and sit in the pocket I dimension. I vaguely remember Rope Trick being used, or rather, I guess, abused. <laughs> it's, it's a very abused spell. <laughs> What else have we got? We've got the Polymorph spell. How do you forget the Polymorph spell? You just 
turn into a freaking dragon. Fabricate is a pretty neat one. You, after you've cut down loads of trees, you can point at these trees, this this lumber, and you just point and like, hey, you, you trees, be bridge now, be bridge there, and they'll fly into a finished bridge. Uh, what else we got? Evocation isn't the only school that has damage spells. You've got the conjuration spells, which have the acid cloud, pyro cloud, and acid splash spells. And transmutation's big damage dealing spell is disintegrate. Oh, that's fun. It's just, boop, you're gone. And that's if they're feeling nice. They also have flesh to stone, which permanently turns you into a statue of yourself. And then, you know, they can just drop kick you and knock your head off because you're a statue. That's mean. It's, it's, it's very mean. That's super mean. So let's go to Evocation. That's the one that everyone really knows. Right. It's surprisingly direct. It is, I do damage now. That's the one that lets you cast Fireball all the time. Oh, I just thought of something mean. Oh no. Because I'm looking at an evocation spell. So someone able to cast flesh to stone and then follow it up with shatter. Mm. Because you can basically destroy one solid object or a crystalline creature. Well, once, you, once you're a statue, you stop being a creature and you become an object. Yes. Yeah, that's not even like a high level pairing really, is it? No, it's a level two wizard spell. Shatter is. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, flesh is a little bit higher, but it's not It's not out of the realms of sanity. I've, I've seen people like, oh, if you take the ninth level spell time stop and then cast six other spells of seventh level, eighth level, or ninth level, you can do a really broken combo. And it's like, yeah, you're also level 20. So the broken combos is basically your bread and butter at this point. Yeah, once you hit 20, you're epic level and you can do pretty much anything you want. You're basically epic, yeah. But Evocation is all about energy manipulation. Oh, I could play a dragonborn. There's a level four wizard spell called Shout. I can just scream Fusro Dot, people. I got really confused because dragonborn's an actual thing in D and D. Oh, I know, but I was I, <laughs> I realized as I was saying it, but I was committed. I was committed to the joke, Lewis. <laughs> I could be a dragonborn, dragonborn, and just shout. As far as I'm aware, 3rd edition, 4th edition, 5th edition, the three editions done by Wizards of the Coast, and all three of them have Dragonborns, and all three of them have a different origin for them. That sounds very Bethesda. It, it's a little bit. That sounds very Bethesda, and I could even point to the event in an Elder Scrolls game that spawned that crap. <laughs> but we're not talking about Bethesda. Yeah. Energy. <laughs> um, so... Evocation spells like Fire Shield are really useful. You can just make an aura around yourself, and this is either a shield against fire or a shield of fire. You choose as you cast it. If it's made of fire, it protects you against cold. If it's a shield against fire, shocker, it prevents heat. There's also, yeah, Shout, uh, Wall of Fire. You literally just draw a line of fire, and it burns people. Wall of Ice, you make a physical wall of ice. A lot of the wall spells are evocation, which, are, which is interesting for me. No. Are they? Did I just make that up? Yeah, Force Wall, I believe. It's called Wall of Force, that's why I can't find it. Ah. Obviously the big one is Fireball. Lightning Bolt does the same damage as Fireball. Both of them do 1d6 per level, but Fireball is a 20-foot radius spell, and Lightning Bolt is a 400 plus 40-foot per level line, and you're just unlikely to ever find anything. Oh, sorry, it's a specifically 120-foot line, and you're just not likely to find much in that line. What other scores have we got? We have... Abjuration, Divination, and Illusion. We didn't talk about Abjuration. So Abjuration is all about blocking. It's the, it's the school that says nope. <laughs> yeah, it's the tank school. Pretty much. Uh, so you get protection from energy. 
you get shield, you get dispel magic, you get the protect from alignment spells, so protection from chaos, evil, good, or law. These are four different spells that you have to memorize. You have to learn each one separate, and you have to prepare each one how you want. And you get a plus two to AC against that alignment. So if I cast protection from chaos or protection from evil, demons who are chaotic evil, I get plus two to my AC saves, and I can't be mounted. Can't be mind-controlled by them, because I'm protected from chaos and or evil. Nice. You can also cast Alarm, which awards an area for two hours a level, which is really useful, because that means you get a full night's sleep. Or not, depending. <laughs> they have the Prismatic Wall spell, which is a spell that I really love. You just make a rainbow wall, and each color on this rainbow will kill you if you try and cross it, so don't. They also have Spell Turning, Banishment, Break Enchantment, Mage's Private Sanctum allows you to make an area undetectable by scrying for 24 hours and they can also cast stone skin which turns your skin into stone and you ignore 10 points of damage per attack which is pretty badass i quite like that one okay so you've got these walls and you've got this private sanctum and you've got this stone skin is is abjuration just the school of introverts definitely could be i believe conjuration brings that one again <laughs> because they have well, no, because conjuration, you can conjure friends. Well, you don't have to. I mean, but you can. You can. I feel like everything abjuration is all about is like, I'm going to build a wall. You can't cross it. If you try to cross it, I'm going to be alerted by it. And then I'm going to flee. It's like, I'm antisocial. Leave me alone. I just want to read my books. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think it's very fair that a necromancer, a, a lich specifically, could very well just be an abjurer just done with the noisy living people he lives in his underground basement <laughs> and he's just got keep out signs everywhere there's a, there's a swamp <laughs> protected by an ogre as the entrance to his cave <laughs> does the ogre have a pet donkey it does how do you know <laughs> what are you doing in my lich's swamp <laughs> so opposite to abjuration somewhat is the diviner the the nosy people Oh my god, they're so nosy. Yes, so a diviner <laughs> is revealing information and, and just, yeah, being being nosy. So nosy. It's funny that you mentioned that because I serendipitously had the spell tongues pulled up on my PDF. Well, I don't understand okay. you, but I'm gonna. Tell me everything you know. <laughs> <laughs> you got stuff like scrying, locate creature, arcane eyes. Contact other plane lets you ask questions of an extra planar deity, which is amazing. <laughs> so you spend 10 minutes passing the spell and you send your mind to another plane of existence, an elemental plane or some plane further removed, in order to achieve advice and information from powers there. The powers reply in a language you understand, but they resent such contact and give only brief answers to your questions. All questions are answered with yes, no, maybe, never, irrelevant, or some other one-word answer. So... If you want to know something about something that happened a thousand years ago, a thousand years ago, yeah, or something, you could try asking a an elemental plane, which is pretty close, but you're only going to get a thirty four percent chance of a true answer. The rest of it will be either I don't know, I lie, or a random answer, which isn't great. Sounds like these guys are abjurists too. Yeah. Don't want to talk to you. Leave. <laughs> but you have to make a save of seven, which is very low. Failing this very low save, you have your intelligence and charisma fall to eight for a week. Oh my god. Which is 
pretty rough. But so you're stupid and dumb looking. Yeah, you just kind of <laughs> you, just, you just roll out of bed for the next week. <laughs> just don't get it. It's fine. It's mind fog, only um, perpetual. However, when you go to the greater deity outer planes, so like you actually want to talk to a Hextor or something. Yeah, he'll have an eighty-eight percent chance of telling you the correct answer. Eighty-eight is bigger than thirty-four. Yes, yes, it is. But what else is because you are forcing contact between you and such a greater deity, that DC seven is now a DC sixteen. Ouch. And it lasts for five weeks. Oof. Which basically makes your character not do anything for a ridiculous amount of time. Now does that happen before or after you've relayed this important information to your party? Um contact, I believe. Yeah, on contact. Contact with mines far removed from your home plane increases probability that will incur. So, hello, DC sixteen. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> so let's let's Thanks hope you remember the uh, information yeah. they gave you five weeks later. Yeah. Um, Axel said hi. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, and I think we are now on to illusion. Have we missed one? No, it is illusion. It is illusion. Illusion is a fantastic school that I have seen suffer from GMs not wanting to have fun. Which is a shame. You can do so many things with the spell, just sign an image, and sometimes you'll get an amazing GM who is actually on board. Sometimes you'll get a GM that overpowers it, and sometimes, quite often, you'll get a GM that underpowers it. The number of times a goblin has gone, oh, that's not a real dragon, we saw you casting a spell, is kind of sad. Yeah, that's really frustrating, because goblins really aren't that smart, are they? So there is a check where you can use your spellcraft skill, this is off the back of my head now, um, to identify a spell that's being cast by an enemy ca by another caster. And, you know, if you were casting a silent image spell of a dragon, and the opponent is some experienced wizard who's like, no, like, I heard you say the words summon silent image in draconic which is the language of dragons i know that's not a dragon that's fine right right he's just like, oh. <laughs> that's not a fake dragon this is a fake dragon polymorphs into an actual dragon like a boss right oh i appreciate this i i looked up silent image in the pdf and it says that the spell focus is a bit of fleece because you're trying to pull the wool over their eyes. Oh my god, the material components are all absolutely on point. <laughs> I, I love all of them. They are they are either like direct sense or they're funny. Like feather fall is you have to have a feather. Right. I think I can't really remember off the top of my head, but I, I remember them all being really funny. Like clever funny, not silly funny. I don't know. Pulling the wool over your eyes is both. It, it's yeah, but yeah, we haven't actually discuss the real strength of the wizard here. So when you level up as a sorcerer, you build a very small pool of spells. And as I counted, it's about 40 spells by the time you get to level 20. As a wizard, you get two spells every level after first. You get four plus intelligence first level. A wizard begins play with a spellbook containing all the zero level spells, except from her prohibited school or schools, if any, plus three first level spells of your choice. For each point of intelligence bonus, you have, you get an additional spell of your choice. So yeah, you'll have five first level spells in your spell book. Sorcerer, again, has two spells of first level 
at first level. So already you have this variety, but you can't cast as many spells, and you have to memorize which one of those spell slots are going to be for which spell. And if you memorize three times magic missile, that's all you have. You have three magic missiles, you can't do anything else. Whereas the sorcerer knows right. magic missile and something else, and he can cast magic missile three times or something else. However, the wizard can gain spells into their spellbook from research. You can go into town and you can ask wise men, wise women, witches, all sorts of people, including devils that you've contacted from another plane, possibly, for obscure spells that you haven't learned yet or don't know yet. The Lich's Spellbook is a source. Maybe there's a forgotten spell grimoire in the Dragon's Horde, and you can copy these spells into your spellbook, and then every day in the morning you look at your spellbook, that's your spell list options. So you've got this much larger pool to take from. Again, clerics and druids can just take from the entire cleric and druid list. The wizard has to make a short list that makes them theirs, and the sorcerer makes an even shorter list and then just ignores the other 99% of spells. It's just like, I know these things will work all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, every time a wizard levels up, he gets two spells. They can buy more spells from a tutor. They can copy them from scrolls, translate them from older books, and they can get the resources to be able to do anything. It just takes them more time and they're not so flexible in the moment. Right. But when you say oh, hey, we're going to go to this cliff region to go fight a dragon this week. You can put down your, your underwater adventure spell list and pick up your mountain climbing lists and stuff like feather fall and spider climb because those are kind of useful, useless when you're underwater, but really useful when you're in mountains. Right. Whereas a small group sits there and is like, oh, I guess water breathing was a terrible choice to memorize then for <laughs> life. Right. <laughs> Maybe the, the GM will say, right, you have a, a venture to the elemental plane of fire, and the best the sorcerer can do is cast some fire protection magic and hope for the best, whereas the wizard can definitely roleplay going to some very specialized jinn magi and asking for specific tutorage to learn a spell that will make them not instantly combust in a plane made entirely of fire. Fire plane sounds like a fun place. It really does, doesn't it? Until you, know, you literally die in a second. <laughs> so they also get the familiar, as we mentioned. Wizards also get the bonus language of Draconic, which is the language of dragons, which is essentially Latin. It's the smart people language. Most magic is written in Draconic. Makes sense. It does. I mean, dragons are old and magical creatures. It would make sense that the really strong magics are going to be written in their language. Yeah, there's no point making your own magic when there's already dragon magic that works. Right. But yeah, wizards also get some neat bonus feats. At first level, you get scribe scroll. You essentially cast a spell into a piece of paper. It takes a lot longer than casting a spell. It takes basically a day. But instead of having that grenade in your brain primed for the day, you have it's not in your brain, it's in this piece of paper. And you can read this piece of paper eight weeks later, the end of the campaign, the next day, the same day, and it casts the spell as if you had just cast it yourself. But it's not costing your spell slots, which is really pretty neat because when they do say, we are going up to this mountain region, you can have a bunch of endure element scrolls so that you and the party don't get cold as you adventure and you're not taxing yourself on spell slots. At 5th, 10th, 15th, and 20th level, you also get bonus feats, which are 
specifically only meta magic feats or item creation feats. Item creation feats such as scribe scroll, which you already have. Right. But there's also like craft magic arms and armor. You can make swords and armor magical. That's amazing. Craft wand. You can make a fireball gun. That's amazing. Craft ring. You can make a ring of feather falling. Everything the wizards do is about being ready for the next problem. It's about thinking things through. If you want to just nuke a space, sorcerer. Definitely. If you want to spend half of the episode of Top Gear making sure all the Scroop's <laughs> banners are in the correct place and assembled in the correct order, you play the wizard. The metamagic feats that are also options for the bonus feats are, as we've mentioned, they let you change the spell in some fundamental way, which is pretty neat. There is one thing that I've seen that's dropped off since 3rd edition ended. What's that? And that's the wizard's spellbook has changed a fair bit. In 3rd edition, you you get one book at the start of your adventure, and that's what says you're a wizard, basically. This book has 100 pages, and every spell takes up one page per spell level of that spell. So Fireball takes up three spell pages. All cantrips take up one spell page each, whereas in more recent editions, I've seen that it doesn't matter. You just make notes. So Power Word Kill does, in fact, take up nine pages. Oh my god which is an 11th of your book. Yeah. And if anyone has ever seen anyone code something with whatever coding system you're used to seeing, it's, in my mind, that's how it is. When X, then this, then that, and if this is true, then this and that, and you're basically hacking magic, <laughs> which is what wizards are doing. They're, wizards are there to think through the problem and come up with clever solutions, the correct solutions, whereas sorcerer is correct enough solutions. A sorcerer is very happy with a with an average B plus. <laughs> how'd you beat the giant? Fireball, boom. Okay. Well, how, how did how did you kill a uh, wizard? Um, I banished it to another dimension. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. I can understand that. Okay. So, uh, what what about the dragon sorcerer? Cast magic missile until it died. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, wizard, what did you do? Uh, I got the entire party a bunch of dragon bane weapons and then cast magic that was based against it was against its vulnerabilities. The game I'm running at the minute does have a sorcerer in it, so I'm not allowed to say anything bad about sorcerers. I do love them. They are very straightforward, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs> For further reference, go and have a look at my fighter discussion in the first episode, second episode. Yeah. <laughs> they see a problem, and they blow the problem up. Right. Boom. No more problem. Dibuntush. <laughs> But here's the thing about wizards is that they're very thorough to make sure that that problem couldn't possibly come back. Well, a sorcerer doesn't mind. He'll just fireball again tomorrow. It's yeah, fine. but eventually that sorcerer's going to get bored of doing it. Well, maybe. I guess it depends on I... the sorcerer. Sadly, I think Ren would never get bored of fireball. <laughs> I don't know. If Ren, if Ren feels like chiming in on this, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> she is pure chaotic energy and she's an absolute darling who has only largely caused one death almost entirely on her own which is fine party death yeah it's fine um he's better now he got better yeah he got better <laughs> but yeah i think that's um that's the the main two mages yeah which means that we only have bards paladins and rangers left yeah the half casters basically right yes yes 
So I'm sorry, we were talking about hacking magic a little bit ago, and I mentioned earlier that my tangential knowledge of wizards comes from Varsuvius from Order of the Stick. And when you said it was about hacking magic, I immediately was like, oh, I got to find that rant that Varsuvius went on. And I found it, and oh my god, it is stupid long. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite bits of that rant are, I shelve physics text under fiction in my personal library. I consider the laws of thermodynamics loose guidelines at best. (laughs) In short, I am grasping the reins of the universe's carriage. Every morning I wake up, look to the heavens, and shout, giddy up, boy. (laughs) We are not sponsored by Order of the Stick, Giants in the Playground, or any related thing but we do thoroughly recommend yes <laughs> right, we, we are probably going to divert into a order of the sticks squeeze yeah fest now. we should probably cut it here then <laughs> right, this, is, this is the um mega mage mashup yep and join us next wednesday 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 for the half casters that's right because we changed the schedule slightly 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 have we officially said on air that it's a Wednesday thing? Uh, I announced it on our Twitter. Okay, so it's in text and for yes. voice now. So yes, cool. now it's a legally binding contract. Yay, Yay! It's in writing and verbal. Ooh. Just like a wizard got all the bases covered. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love oh, it. All right. Right. We will look forward to speaking to you again next week. I hope you have a lovely week until then. Yep. And like we said last week, you know, don't stop adventuring. Good night, everyone. Bye, everybody. Special thanks, as always, to Tim from Tabletop Audio for providing us with our intro and outro music. And if you have any questions or comments uh, for us, you can just hit us up on Twitter. Our handle is at GrumpyDeck, or you can email us. Our email address is GrumpyDeck at ProtonMail.com. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.